Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 229 and it is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social, social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? Yes, we are back another week. Uh, we got got plenty of stuff to talk about. Um, you know, some some nerd stuff, some catch ups, um, stuff we've been watching, stuff we've been playing, um, stuff we stuff we stuff we've seen recently. Um, you know, before we get started, uh, just a you know quick shout out and uh, ch- shout out and uh, you know safe wishes, best wishes to all of our peeps. In the state of Texas, you know, friend of the show, John Haponic. Um, uh, you also have um, another fan of the show, uh, Gabe Jackson. You know, uh, Texas is being hit hard with those with the snowstorms across the state, outages all across the state. Um, you know, it's 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 a horror show down there for many reasons. So um, hopefully, y'all y'all down there can stay warm, uh, stay safe. And uh, hopefully I'll get through it uh, sooner, uh, as soon as possible. Um, I, re- I re- actually read that apparently the state of Texas is the only state in the country that has its own power grid, which is why they were ill-equipped to handle this uh, incoming um, snowstorm. So, which made things worse than they than they actually would be uh, normally. So that so that's that's a hurdle that they gotta deal with. But hopefully they'll be warm and be safe. Yeah, they they going through it. Mm. Yeah. And I, I'm one of those guys. I'm one of them that's just laughing through it. Because <laughs> they like like down to one one friend of mine. Like literally, all they got was just for what we what we consider. They just got a dusting. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, like they got enough shovels where we don't even break. They got enough snow where we don't even break out the shovels. Yeah, yeah. You just you like just wait. Drive over. Pretty much, or you you wait for the sun to come out so it can melt everything. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But you know they're they're not used to that. And you know, speaking of snow, nah, you know, they, you know, they spe- don't got snow tires in their cars. They do not. You know, and speaking of snow, we we do have an incoming. Another storm, you know, on the horizon up here in Rhode Island, up in the Northeast. Uh, we just love it. And right now, right now we're getting that rain, that kind of like that warm rain that just knocks it out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just like gets rid of like so much of the snow, that like the excess snow in it. And then... mm. Now you know how it feels. Y'all sending us y'all little 110 degrees. Y'all out here cooking out in the middle of January and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know it's um it's it's real out there, man. But but you know we're we're making the best of it. Uh yeah, man, we got we got a whole bunch of stuff that we'll talk about uh this year episode. Uh Carl, you know while you're sharing the episode, um we we do have a commenter here, Dominique Powell, joining us. Welcome to the sh- welcome to the What's chat. What's happening, Dominique? Yes, welcome to the chat. Uh, so she yeah, well, do it, but she she TikTok, she TikToking in the snow. <laughs> I saw that video. Oh TikTok. Um, yeah, we are way too old to have that. 
Uh, Dominique says that they don't like the snow. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. As you should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you should. See, here's the thing about snow, especially in Rhode Island, is, especially Rhode Island. See, mm-hmm. They think it's all pink and pretty when it first hits, hits the ground, makes a nice little scenery and all that, makes you want to get your Bob Ross on and paint a picture. <laughs> but then when it time to stop, when it's, when it's time to start shoveling and plowing, and you mm-hmm. got to drive through that motherfucker, ew, it's just a mess. Yeah. It's just an inconvenient mess. Yes, that yeah, that's that's all that all that it is. And plus, like when it mixes in with the rainwater, it turns to gray sludge, slush. Ugh, not it's just just not it good. Makes you feel stuck in your stuff, and then when you break in, you get that little sound, gets you all nervous and all that. Yeah, that shit ain't you. No, it's not. It's not. This is ashy weather. It's ashy season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of which, all my people's in Texas. Moisturize. <laughs> yes, very important. Uh, break out that that lotion, that cocoa butter, shea butter, whatever you use, man. Ash be gone. You don't need any more Ashy Larrys out here. <laughs> uh, man. <sighs> yep, going from ashy to classy. But yeah, Carl. Uh, okay. Yeah, what have you been up to uh, this past week? Um, I am so surprised that I have finished all four of my four in February games, and we are literally only halfway through February. Yeah, you. Got and it. I started. Hmm. Yeah, you got it. You got through it pretty quickly. I'm surprised too. But here's the thing. I mean, the games I chose were I chose were pretty short. But my long one, which I, which I, you know, picked was Ghost of Shima, and if you actually just stick through, stick to Jin's story, mm-hmm. and not do any side quests, yeah, it's faster than you think. And then it just so happened that uh, we made plans Saturday, but we couldn't find a sitter, so plans fell through, and I just literally spent the entire day just playing it, didn't even realize I spent like that much time playing and then by the time Monday came along you know we had the day off of work mm-hmm. I was finishing it up wow. still made the same decision I had made the last time mm. yep yeah the, the right decision right <laughs> you <your> uncle no <laughs> you, you, you actually did that you killed. Wait, you killed your uncle. That's the choice that you made for you. That's the right decision. Yeah, Why would you do? No. It was at his request. It was at his request. He wanted to die. No. Like, give me an honorary death. No. I did. No, no. I. That's not the right call. Like, it, for me, the right call is to well, is to sp- spare him, because he, he's family. He raised he raised Jin. You know, he made him the warrior he is. And yes, they yes they they defer, um, you know, philosophically. But you know what, you know what, he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna commit patricide, you know, a, f- a former patricide by killing his father figure. No, it's like no no no. It's like you know I I am now the ghost. The samurai code is too restrictive, and you know we just gotta live with that. You know, I love you, uncle, but I so can't take your life. You, 
What happens if you don't kill him? If you don't kill him, then you know, then you, I mean, there's, like there's there's one one of the areas where you um, I think like one of the forts that they've taken over, you just can't go into it. Yeah, I forget which one it That's is. That's it. Yeah, as far as I know, like I, I haven't, ever, 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 ever really played too much of the of the post game, but um, but yeah, like it's you know you pretty much, I don't think I don't think any of his forces pursue you as far as I know, but yeah, uh, the Mongols, is, the Mongols are still around. Mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, I I mean I just did I did New Game Plus, like I saved New Game Plus just for, excuse me, just before February. I'm both Miles Morales and um, what do you call it? And uh, Ghost. So I mean, and I skipped all the all the side quests. So yeah, I'm strictly I'm just. So I got I got more reason to play both of those games. Yeah, well, there you go, there you go. And we, oh, we also have some people in the chat. Kyle Chapman is joining us, um, and we have Andre Simpson. What's going on? It's my cousin. Okay. Yep. He's mentioning uh, some games he's playing in the four in fe- February. Uh, he is uh, playing. A, he just finished a season of 2K, going for MVP Rookie of the Year. He's also playing Dante's Inferno <laughs> and Crackdown Three. All right. Not bad. Yeah. Never. T- I never. Never even like. I didn't know they made a Dante's Inferno game. Yeah, it came out in I believe it was like two thousand nine. It was like a God of War, God of War clone. Um, it received like some like fair to mixed reviews. Yeah, because it was it was just like okay, I mean Dante's Inferno, like the story, it does it does make for a pretty good game. You know, you're fighting through the seven layers of hell. Um, but the game, yeah, but the game itself is like okay, like a like a God of War like, you know, same 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 similar combat style. Came up for the PS3 and Xbox, I believe. Uh, Xbox 360. Oh, he's probably yeah. So he's probably playing on like either Game Pass or uh, PlayStation Now. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that. Um. What else happened? I'm, so I'm still reading my King. I'm still reading the entire series of King in Black. Okay. This dude Null is fucking everywhere. Hmm. Null, you said? He is everywhere. No, yeah, the god, of, the uh, symbiote god. Mm-hmm. He is everywhere. Um, also, I just got finished reading because you know, and big shoutouts to uh, Grandmaster Facts from uh, Versus Battle a couple weeks back, and then listening to uh, Marvel Method, I finished reading the first uh, chapter of Punisher Max, written by Garth Ennis. Mm. It's pretty dark. It's an older version. It's an older version of Punisher. Like he's a Vietnam vet, and he's still taking. He's just taking down the mob. And I don't think I ever read so many f bombs in a single comic book. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a Garth Ennis read, all right. <laughs> yeah, so I do. I did find like I did find the whole entire series at Blueberry for thirty five. So I want to catch that next time I got next time I get paid. But then I also want to read. Jason Aaron's um, Punishing a Mask. Mm. And that one's like brutal. No, oh. Is that That's a... one I don't know if you ever. Oh, go ahead. Kingpin raped. Say what? In prison. What? Yeah, you're right. Kingpin gets raped in prison. 
Um, okay, that's... That happens. That, that hmm. happens. Okay. So, but then, it turns around when he gets out of prison, he finds the guy, the guy who raped me, he finds his wife. Mm-hmm. He paid a couple of crackheads. Oh, no. To rape his wife, and he's sit, taking pictures. Mm-hmm. Sends it to the guy. Sends it to the guy. The guy's name is uh, Big Lucky. Sends it to Big Lucky. Big Lucky breaks out of prison to try to find him. And then he, t- and then he kills him. Hmm. Okay. That's pretty... Yeah, it's pretty dark. Yeah, I'll, I'll say. I mean, geez, that's... that's uh... Wow. Okay. Marvel Max, always, also, uh, always going the extra mile. But I'm also looking for, um, yeah, my bad. I'm also looking for um, the X Men. Uh, God Love Man Kills uh, trade. So I'm like going. I like took down like when he was just talking that that week. I just took down like oh, I re-listened to it. Just wrote down a whole bunch of stories that he was recommending. And I'm gonna be checking those out because mm-hmm. Max knows his shit. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't call him Grandmaster so, Facts for nothing, James Boyce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, and then also, oh my God, Quincy Thomas. That's a name I haven't seen in a long time. What's happening, brother? <laughs> oh, he's in the comments. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else I'm watching? I'm still watching Living Single. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds like my little binge show. And I'm still watching on the comic book, man, on the streaming service Pluto. Uh-huh. It, it's a free service, but it's like, it has, it has a lot to offer. So, I mean, And it has live TV as well, and it's free, so hmm. why not? Okay, Pluto. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, oh. it is available on free streams. Okay, gotcha. So, um... And then also, I don't even have it with me. So I bought this little box set off of eBay. And it's every single DC movie from the first Superman all the way to Birds of Prey. Okay. In a box set for $35. Really? And it's like, are, are they just like yeah. DVDs or Blu-rays? DVDs. Okay. Wow, that's, that's a pretty solid find for that price. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, so we're like watching it, and then one of like the menus was like off. It's like they showed Superman one, but the label, like the icon, was like said Superman four. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this saying Superman four. I'm like, yo, what kind of bootleg shit did you get? But then we're watching it, and we're like, whoever made this this DVD set. He got like the full director's cut of every single movie that had a director's cut. Hmm. So we're watching like all the Superman movies and they're like longer than we expected. He's like, and my buddy Matt, who's you know a lot older, and he remember he was around when these movies like first came out. And he's like, oh, I don't remember these scenes. Hmm. Oh my god, what happened? We was watching, we was watching uh, Watchmen today. Yeah. Watchmen and Green Lantern, like we're going in, we're going in complete water, just like how we did with Marvel. Mm-hmm. And we watched Watchmen and Green Lantern. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just didn't do that. Yeah. Well, we we savage. Yeah. What, what did you think? Watchmen is freaking long, but. Zack Snyder can make some long-ass movies. Yeah, he can. Um, are they any good? Well, you know, that depends on one's sensibility. Um, Watchmen? Watchmen? Yeah. Nah, Watchmen wasn't very good, at least in my opinion. Like, it was... Like, Zack Snyder... Zack Snyder, he was... He was pretty slavish to a fault when it came to, like, the visual fidelity of the of the film and how 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 a visual looks so similar so close to the comics down to how the panels were set up but you know it, the the movie strangely felt like it was paint by numbers cuz it was just going through the motions of what of what you saw of what you read in the comics but you didn't have that same level of investment in the characters and the events so it just felt like it just felt like a nice a really well made mimicry of what you read in the book yeah, that's how. At least that's how it came off to me. I actually never, I never read the book. So. Uh, the book is excellent. It's worth. It's well worth the read. Like if, like Watchmen, Watchmen the graphic novel. That's that's the one I absolutely recommend reading. The the, the film is not yeah. the same. It's just not the same. Yeah. And then we're sitting through Green Lantern. Yes, Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> Green Lantern. How much did you enjoy Green Lantern? I was in and out of it. <laughs> was it as bad as uh? I, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is bad. Mm. This is bad. Like, remember when I made fun of X Men from two thousand and how it just looked like they just copy and paste some CGI onto whoever's body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Brian Reynolds. I could have sworn I saw his neck and his head move in the opposite of his body. <laughs> oh, that's some, some janky CGI right, uh, action right there. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, Ryan Reynolds did this one for the chat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure he was. I'm sure maybe he was a Green Lantern fan. I was like, oh, I could do some good with this, and well, well, the movie ended up how it was. Yeah, but it made for it made for made for a pretty funny joke in Deadpool too. I must say. And indeed, indeed, it did. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, off the rip. I am kind of freestyling up, freestyling this. So um, yeah, I mean, oh, in my uh, sh- my show debuted on Zoom Unity on Friday. Oh okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, I had a, I had a lot of fun doing it. I was nervous as shit, but <laughs> but um, as far as the coming weeks come, uh, they'll be like they'll be a lot lot better. Um, yeah, but I just basically touched on you know recommending the. Uh, in Living Color book and plugged in that we had David Paisa on the show last week. Big shout out to him. Mm. I'm still, I still can't believe that we managed to get that. Yeah, it was a great interview, great conversation. Yeah, yeah, I listened, to, I listened back to it and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun listening as it was. But mm. um, so yeah, that and then I was talking about Wandavision and how I recommend uh, reading the reading uh, House of M and recommended the um recommended the Marvel Method podcast as well. So mm-hmm. very short, very short, like 10, 20, 10 minute show. Yeah. 
Okay. And all that. Well, I listen to the DJs from the community, so it, it, those are my Friday nights now. Nice. Okay. If I'm not doing anything. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, check out the Zoom community. I'll be posting up the, uh, the Zoom links so you can uh, catch on to it. It's a lot of fun, too. Mm. Nice. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah, tune in on Fridays, y'all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, Vic, what you got for us? Um. Well, before I, before I get into that, um, Andre's, Andre's asking in the chat, uh, how do we feel about... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles: The Last Ronin. You familiar with that? Didn't even read it, but it's been selling like crazy. As a matter of fact, Kevin Kevin Eastman just did a private signing at CGC, mainly for. I mean, you can bring, you can send in, you know, any of your other uh, books, but it was mainly for Last Ronin. Hmm. Wow. And that's been selling out like crazy. Once. Like, um, Chris from Rock Cocos, he recommended it to me, but then I was like, is this second print? Yes. And I'm like, I can't do it. Hmm. <laughs> okay. The collector in me needs a first print. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. yeah. It's been so, yeah, it's done really, really, really well. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as for me, what I've been up to, I've been watching, um, watching some good stuff, uh, in the past, uh, few weeks. Uh, one, uh, one film that I really recommend, it came out last week on Netflix. It's in my Zoom background for this week's episode. It's, uh, Malcolm and Marie, uh, starring John David Washington and Zendaya. Um, and it's, uh, it's a film directed by Sam Levinson, who also is the showrunner for, um, another the Zendaya show uh, Euphoria on HBO and this is a really this is a really interesting film it's a film that stars just John David Washington and Zendaya and it and it takes place over the course of one night uh, one late night where um, they play the uh, the title couple Malcolm and Marie and um, and uh, they get into it you know they get into a knockdown drag out argument and um, uh, so uh, Malcolm, he's uh, he's like this um, up and coming hotshot uh, Hollywood uh, uh, filmmaker, and he just came up with this with this um, well highly praised movie about this woman who's um, who's a drug addict who's trying to build, rebuild her life to, rebuild her life and you know getting her life together and all this, and the character is based on his current girlfriend uh, Marie, uh, played by Zendaya. And, and the film starts where where she's just um, she's just storming into their house and she just looks heated. She just looks she's she looks like she's just so over it. And uh, and Malcolm is just kind of oblivious to her, her mood. He's like you know just basking in his own glory. And apparently, the reason why Marie is so upset at at Malcolm is because uh, on the night of the of his of the premiere of his movie, he forgot to thank her in his speech. And not only that, a, a bunch of their um, other colleagues and friends, they're they're trying to you know, they're kind of instigating it a little bit, albeit unintentionally. So they were so they went up to Marie and like, oh, ooh, girl, man, you must be real mad that Malcolm didn't thank you in your speech. Oh, I'm just playing. <laughs> and at first, like she was like kind of cool with it, but then when but everybody started making that same joke. She was like, "No, wait a minute, I'm not really cool with this. How come you didn't thank me in your speech?" And then it go, then their their whole our conversation blows up into this whole argument which has like ebbs and flows of emotion and you know they're they're just they they 
bring up some like they bring the knives out in this one like they they cut to the bone with the stuff that they say about each other bringing up bringing up stuff in their pasts and and weaponizing weaponizing you know their their truths uh, that they've shared to each other with each other and man like the, the the dialogue in this film is just absolutely incredible and down to like how how um how they just like get under each other's skin and it, it's like it's like it's like sit it's like sitting in an, in an argument with like with with two friends and it's so awkward and you know and part of you is like I want I need to leave but as long as I'm here you know it's like it's like it's like watching a car wreck man and like there's like yeah. Yeah, and like, and and I, and I will say like, if like for any couple, this is a really cool movie to watch in the sense that just see how how an argument between two between two people in a relationship just just uh, unfolds. And what's really cool too is that the film throughout the film, uh, they both play songs and popular songs, and they use it as like a way uh, to underscore their emotions. So there's one there's one scene where um where uh, Zendaya plays uh, Dion Warwick's uh, "Get Rid of Him." You know, she's not. She doesn't say anything. She just takes her phone, pop, pops it up on her, pop, puts cues a few cues the a song on her phone, pops it down right in front of Malcolm and just looks at him, and it's like he listening to the song. Mm, get rid of him. Mm, yeah, girl. And he just and he's just looking at her and he's all exasperated like I don't need this shit. And he just walks off. Um, there's there's another scene where Zendaya's in the bathtub and she's just trying to you know like trying to like you know trying to refocus, and then Malcolm. Yeah. Oh, what was that? Oh. No, I was just saying decompress. But, yeah, you know. like yeah, it's like decompress, and then Ma- and then Malcolm, he just he's just like he's just like you know what, you know I can snap you like a twig, you know I you know when I when I met you you ain't shit, and I and I had all these other women, you know, and he basically like he basically like runs down his like his whole his whole black book, of like previous lovers to in front and to her face to 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 like really make her feel like shit, and. And but but then she comes back she she comes back though later in the film with like with like ooh just like a nice one two punch and in response so yeah yeah this 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 film is isn't is emotionally intense it's it's riveting throughout um I want to see it again it's it's a really good film Malcolm and Marie if you're in a relationship watch it together so that way you that way you, that way you can have like a nice conversation to and just talk about you know who was who was more in the right or who was more in the wrong um and uh, and also if there's if there's one thing to take away from this film don't don't forget to thank the ones you love don't do that and it's the little things that count oh indeed it is but i will not watch this for my god i'm sorry no Listen, we just went through it. We're not going back into that dark place. Uh-uh. <laughs> yep. So yep. we are we are in a light, and we want to stay there. So uh, you know, so basically, if um, so if if you're, I mean, hey, so so if your girl, you know, makes you a bowl of Kraft mac and cheese, you know. I I just I I just are you gonna yell at her from across the room, insulting her while eating her mac and cheese? Yep. You, know? you say thank you, baby, and you 
you eat that Kraft mac and cheese like it's the best Kraft mac and cheese <laughs> that you ever got. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I will. Oh, yeah. Hey, go ahead. And she's like, yeah, yeah, here's mac and cheese. I made this. You know, you want it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Thanks, bitch. And just keep it moving. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 plus like and and and, uh, and Marie says it even says it in the film. She tells Malcolm at one point that yo, you know, you're not good at de-escalating the situation, so let's just drop it. But at the same time, it's like you know they have to settle the argument because you know you can't go to bed angry, because you know you, you cannot. You can't. So they have to face, you know, the elephant in the room, and, and just and just a simple act of forgetting to thank her in his speech unleashes this whole wave of just like words unsaid and yeah all the frustrations that you try to blow off and think oh it's not a big deal but then it compounds it just builds and builds and you just take you you keep you keep a tally and the next thing you know the floodgates just explode and yeah yeah and and i will oh yep absolutely yeah and i and i will say about this film too and and there there's there's one there's one particular rant that uh, that Malcolm has in the film, which he's railing against film critics. And man, let me tell you, I've I've seen I've seen the reviews for Malcolm and Marie, and a lot of film critics are butt hurt about this movie because this film called out film critics out their name, and they're like they're like yo listen. Film critics, they have the nerve to talk about authenticity and using all these $5 words. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They Film critics talk about they want something different, but they, but ironically, when they get something different, they shit on it because it, and, and they also, and by shitting on stuff that's different, they, they, um, they, in, they inadvertently, you know, talk, you know, aspiring artists out of their craft, out of their art. You know, they discourage people from exploring things further by saying that, oh, well, you're shit. You're, well, well you, you ain't shit. Or, or, some, or some white film critics, what they'll do is like, they'll try to politicize everything a black artist does. And, you know, it's like, you know, not everything I try to do is political, you know. But, but yeah, yeah, this film called out film critics, you know, on their bullshit. And a lot of film critics, in, like, in, the, in reviewing this movie, they don't like it. They don't like me. They don't, they don't like it because... Because I'll say this, like a lot of professional film critics, they are really thin-skinned. They can, they can, they can offer, they can offer, you know, cutting analysis of a film, but then when it, but when the spotlight turns on them, they can't take it. They can't take it, and and this. <laughs> they can't take it. Yeah, yeah, and a, a lot of film critics just can't, and you know, this this film, I so when this film really called them out for their bullshit, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's facts, it's facts, you know. But uh, but yeah, Malcolm and Marie. It's on Netflix. Um, two excellent performances by John David Washington and Zendaya. Please watch it. Um, talk about it. Uh, it's 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 worth watching. I will watch it by myself. I will watch it by myself. I, I hey, I'd be curious to see what Natasha thinks about the movie. What her insight would be. I'll let her. Watch no, no. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, and, first of all, first of all, she ain't gonna touch anything that you recommend. After strange things about the Johnson, she ain't gonna pick the recommendation. <laughs> oh, tell her to watch Midsummer or Hereditary. No, because that one has to do with a breakup and it's violent. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, Midsummer, yeah, um, absolutely. But Hereditary is really cool, you know? <laughs> uh, oh, man. It's 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 a it's a it's a family friendly movie, you know, you know. Just just I mean I mean I mean the lesson in Hereditary, Carl, is don't lean out of a car window, you know, when you're passing by telephone poles. Otherwise, why would you? Well, you know. Why would you even do that? Like that's just as much as saying that's just as much as saying like if you're in a car and you see a truck logging. Logging telephone poles. Mm-hmm. We'll drive behind it. Yeah, yeah. Final Destination taught us that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, it's funny how like a movie would just universally give you a lesson. Yeah. Something that probably won't happen in a million years, mm. and I don't know anybody who's taking that chance. Mm. That is true. Like just just yesterday, when I was commuting uh, on my way to work, I was driving behind, uh, briefly a, a a truck full of logs, and I'm like, nope, and I just went to another lane. Nope. Yeah. I I immediately thought of Final Destination two, and I was like, mm-mm. Yeah. Just like just like how um you know like to your point, Carl, like how Jaws, you know, ever since it came out over like almost forty years ago, o- over forty years ago. People are afraid of swimming at the beach. They think they think that sharks will come close to the shore. Well, that's because that shit actually that has to be. Yeah, but hey, you know. The thing is, what they don't know, what people tend to forget that sharks will only attack if they taste blood. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, the more you know. <laughs> yes, NBC. So yeah, um, so Ooh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I want I want to hear your thoughts on this. So you know, Keenan has a new show coming out, right? Keenan Thompson. Oh, he does. Yeah, it's called Keenan, and guess what? And I'm gonna tell you the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to see if you see if it sounds familiar to you. Okay. Okay. Keenan plays a morning talk show host uh-huh. who lost his wife and he's raising his daughters with the help of his brother and father-in-law. Okay. Um, Does that sound familiar? Sounds like um, the plotline for like numerous other sitcoms. I don't know, like Modern Family. Full House. Full, oh, that was Full House. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hmm. Okay. Well, so Keenan's making like a quasi remake of Full House. It sounds like. It, it is like, and that, it, it's just one of those things. Like, I saw it. I read the premise. I'm like, wow, this is for I'm like, this is familiar. Hmm. Now, are, are there? So tw- I had to bring it up. I think it's rough, but yeah. Are there <laughs> are there twins in the show? Odds are possibly yes, because you know how with child labor laws, you know, when they get actors, they use twins just mm-hmm. so they're not overworking their kid. Yeah. It's possible. I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, good for him. 
Yeah, so uh, another movie that I saw, it's on HBO, and it's also in theaters at the same time. So it's going to be on uh, HBO for like uh, like 30 days. It's uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, um, starring, uh, uh, <laughs> yep, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. You know, so it's based on based on real events and real individuals. So you have uh, Daniel Kaluuya playing um, Fred Hampton, you know, the chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party. And uh, Lakeith Stanfield plays William O'Neill, who was an FBI informant who infiltrated Hampton's um, Black Panther uh, group in the late 60s. And it's a it's a it's a solid film. It is a solid film. So the film is uh, is framed with um with uh, uh with Will, with Bill O'Neill's um interview that he's doing on on the PBS's show Eyes on the Prize. And so the beginning is a reenactment of played by Lakeith Stanfield. He's re- reenacting a Bill uh Bill O'Neill's interview with PBS on Eyes on the Prize which aired in 1990. And he's talking about like his time, you know, um infiltrating the the group. And, and getting close with Fred Hampton, and, and the film uh, then takes us back to the late '60s Chicago, where um, Bill O'Neill he begins as a as this petty car thief who's who's actually posing as an FBI agent, and um, to 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 convincingly like make off with someone else someone's car, basically basically be like oh FBI we reported this this car stolen, and then like he figures that you know people will be too scared that that a Fed is taking their car rather than questioning it. But, you know, one of his heist, his latest heists goes, you know, falls apart. And then next thing you know, he's actually arrested and he's actually taken into custody by the FBI who tell him that, OK, for impersonating a federal officer, for a federal agent, you're facing five years in prison. But to avoid all that, we want you to be a spy. We want you to be a snitch. Go, go, um, go get, get close to Fred Hampton and, tell, and let us know what he's up to. And then, so you, so you, you see him meet Daniel Kaluuya's Fred Hampton, and Daniel Kaluuya, man, he put his ankles in this performance, man. He was quite powerful as, as the late great uh, chairman, who, who you know, who actually he 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 developed uh, his group, the Rainbow Coalition. He actually uh, reached across aisles. He reached across like you know this this other black gang in Chicago. He reached across with this this group of like white poor these these this these poor white uh midwesterners um he reached across aisles with like the puerto ricans like he actually like fred hampton like even though he was very young like he he was assassinated at the age of 21 i believe and he managed to rally so many um oppressed groups together that you know you know in j edgar hoover's eyes you know he was uh, he was public enemy number one you know and he and he had to he had to get gone so throughout the film, you're watching you're watching um, um, Bill O'Neill, watching Lakeith Stanfield, and he's being conflicted because on the one hand, yeah, he's working for the FBI, but he's also really believing in Fred Hampton's message, and you see you see him struggle with that with that you know with that you know twisting of the knife of betrayal, but also not want also trying to avoid prison, and yeah, it's it's a it's a solid film, and it's very well put together. Um, uh, it's directed by Shaka King, um, and it's 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 a uh, it, it's got full of great performances. Like Keith Stanfield, like he was he was terrific in it. Like he was just he, like he he brings like a really nervous energy uh, to his performance. Like somebody who's just like really like under the wire and like he's ready to he's ready to blow at any time. 
Um, you also have Dominique Fishback, who plays uh, Fred Hampton's wife. Um, well, his girlfriend and then, and then, then later wife. It was, um, what was her name? Uh, Judy Harmon. Um, uh, you also have um, Jesse Plemons, who plays the FBI agent who's actually um, handling uh, uh, Bill O'Neill's um, uh, undercover stint. Um, and Jesse Plemons, man, he's just so good at playing a, 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 sh a shitbag, a dead-eyed shitbag. It's like, man, fuck you, dude. Um, I will say like the most bizarre, the most bizarre appearance in the film is uh, by uh, Martin, Sh is by um, yeah Martin Sheen, who plays J. J Edgar Hoover under this pile of like really weird looking makeup. His like his hair slicked back and like his face looks like a wax mask. And and if you know anything about J Edgar Hoover, like how much of a fucking creep he was, it's like ugh, it's like man. Man, 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 whatever choice they made with this, it, it's not a good look for Martin Sheen, but it works for his character because J. Edgar Hoover was a fucking shithead. But yeah, man, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, it's it's a solid film. It, it will it will. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's really good that we're that we got a story about, you know, about Fred Hampton, one of the key figures in the Black Liberation Movement. You know, his son, Fred Hampton, Jr., you know he's the chairman of the of the Black Panther uh, Cubs, I believe, um, and you know his his work continues. And 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 as uh, as uh, Fred Hampton says uh, in the film, you know you can kill a re you can kill a revolutionary, but you can't kill the revolution. And you know you know fifty some odd years later, the revolution continues, man. You know, power to the people, power to all people. Black lives matter. So, yeah, I recommend it. Shoot us in the Black Messiah. It's on HBO Max. See it while you still can. Yeah, I've been wanting to see. I've been wanting to see that too. I'll probably I'll probably end up watching it this week, depending on my girl's mother's supposed to be coming into town this week, so. Hmm. Hopefully, fingers crossed by Thursday. I'll be able to I'll be able to watch it, and then you said you know, so you know, superb performance by Lakeith Stanfield, motherfucker. Are you surprised? No, no, Lakeith Stanfield, like he he, he has. He has a lot of good projects under his belt, like Sorry to Bother You, Atlanta, like oh, and of course another film um, that I that I also saw too, The Photograph. He was really good in that with Issa Rae, which is also right, on. Issa Rae, right? Yep. Yeah, which is also on HBO. Now, now, now that's a film that's the opposite of Malcolm and Marie. That's that's a film that you can comfortably watch with your girlfriend. That I will watch. <laughs> that I will watch when I go see. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just gotta play shit safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the photograph I recommend. That's a sweet movie. I really, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was on. That's on HBO. Yeah, and you know, like, like Keith Sanfield and Issa Rae, they have some very good chemistry. Yeah. So. Brothers, Gene, brothers, talented as fuck. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's the, ne he's the next generation of like big time actors. I yeah, I stand on that Yeah, absolutely. Like um like I remember I first saw him in um his first role in in uh the twenty thirteen film Short Term Twelve with Brie Larson and I was like, Man, this 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 kid is really good. He's got some and and he's not even thirty yet, he's only twenty nine. So, you know, yeah, he's he's a young he's a young young dude. And he's he's putting in work. And of course, yeah, and of course, the, sorry to bother you. You know the fr the friendly argument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. Yeah, it is, man. How you doing? Fantastic. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I wish you nothing but blessings, my brother. Come on, bro. I'm like, hmm? he's so angry, but it sounds so great. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like that's the most angriest yet yet most positively affirming argument I've seen. <laughs> uh, that's such a good movie. Every time it comes up on my memory, it's like I remember posting it when the movie was out, and I'm just like, yo, this is really how we need to argue with each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I I'm I'm for it. You know, arguments that, you know, build you up not rather than tear each other down. And everybody's just standing around just like, something's going to pop off. <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah, man. Um, oh, yeah. But, and besides that, uh, like a, a couple weeks ago, um, I was doing some rebudgeting. And um, I was like trying, I was like, you know, switching some, moving some things around. And um, I was looking at my subscriptions, and I realized that, okay, um, since I have Hulu, and I decided to bite the bullet, and I'm like, okay, I have Hulu, why don't I bundle it with Disney Plus? Now, so so as of a couple weeks ago, I did bite the bullet, I did uh, sign up for Disney Plus, so I have it along with my Hulu subscription as part of the bundle, ad-free. And, uh, uh, ESPN, but yeah, nobody cares about that. So, um, so yeah, I I do have uh, Hulu and Disney Plus on, on, on my on my subscriptions, and and yes, I will say that, I, and I know this is this is not even on the list of the Biden administration's policy uh, priorities, but I really want to see some antitrust laws restored so that Disney can be broken up. They can keep they can keep Marvel. They can keep Star Wars. They can even keep Pixar, but they gotta let 20th, 20th Century Fox go, or they gotta let at least 50 to 75 percent of that catalog go, because quite frankly, the fact that Disney is sitting on hundreds of years of film history—that's too much power for one studio. So I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that off rip. I'm still not a fan. I still want to see Disney broken up in that respect. That being said, I am enjoying my Disney Plus subscription. I have. Okay. I have seen I have seen some good stuff on there. Like the first thing that I watched was was finally was uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's uh, uh, Tony Tony Award winning critically universally acclaimed mu- musical Hamilton. Have you seen Hamilton? I have not. Yo, listen. I think like when I walked in, they was already watching it, and I'm just like, all right, it's there goes the family moment, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just haven't had a chance to watch it on my own. Yeah, like listen, like I'm, I've, I'm, I'm, I tend to be pretty skeptical when it comes to like, like widely popular, like things that become things that become really widely popular among mass audiences, because like mass audiences, like at best it's 50-50, because mass audiences tend to latch onto some popular shit that turns out to like just not be that good, or stuff that is good but then later just like turns turns into mush. Like, you know, most recently Game of Thrones and then The Walking Dead and then, of course, The Rise of Skywalker. And so, oh, and then, like, of course, The Boys, which people are telling me to watch. I don't give a fuck about The Boys. I'm not watching that show. I, I still got to watch. I still got to watch. I started watching it and I was enjoying it. But um, mm-hmm. I started watching it. Mm-hmm. And I just got back to it. Um, Walking Dead did it to themselves. They did. They did. They did it to themselves. Like, 
just went on with the Negan because I just randomly I looked at the uh, the great atomic I have. Yeah. And just randomly thought about when you said that Negan was laying. I said, you know what? If they went with that storyline three seasons prior, mm-hmm. then yeah, it would they would have had something. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, Walking Dead, like, that's a show that has just gone, been on way too long. Yet. The comics stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, like, we put out a couple of tidbits here and there. Mm-hmm. But the comics stopped. So I was like, why keep going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it just it, at this point, it's just like you, you just worn out the welcome years ago. Just like, just end, just put it out of its misery. Yeah, um, Michelle's gone. Rick's gone. Wow. But he's getting his own movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah. Like all. So yeah. All that uh, is to say that like you know like popular stuff among like the, the masses. You know, I, I tend to get a little a little skeptical about. But so Hamilton had all this hype behind it. I've never heard one bad word about Hamilton from people who have seen it and from critics. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch this because I've wanted to see it for years. I'm t- I'm tempering my expectations. I want to see what it's about, and uh, and because I, I I love musicals, so I want to see. Okay, what's what's what is it about this? I watched it. I watched all two and a half hours of it. And let me tell you, Carl, the hype was entirely justified. Yeah. It was entirely justified because it was because because I loved this musical. Like, like, oh, my God. Like, like for one thing, like Hamilton is just a prime example, like the best example of how of how versatile hip hop is like hip hop is such a malleable genre of music it can go well with just any other genre rock you know r&b hell even country jazz you name it and the way hip hop really was used we was used in hamilton to me that's that was like the most creative creative uh uh method to the creative most creative form i've seen of 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 hip hop being applied to another genre of music in this case the stage musical and like the all, all all of the musical numbers were on point um hamilton is like you know it's historical fiction so it's like you know a lot of black actors and actors of color playing you know the founding fathers and and whatnot you know and and it, and it really it really illustrated um 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 american history you know the history of the this this country's founding in a way that in a way that you know it was so engaging that I've never really experienced before, and like the cast too, man, man, the cast is phenomenal, and I, and I've seen this cast in like other 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 things. So going back to this, so actually seeing Hamilton to see where it all began was like a real treat for me. Like you know Lin Manuel Miranda, David Diggs, um, oh my gosh, man. Leslie Odom Jr. Yes, Leslie Odom Jr. who was recently in um One Night in Miami. God, he's so God, he's so talented. Like man, another show that my up in the state of Rona, like that. It's on Hulu. Oh, which one? It's called uh, Love. Uh, I want to say like Love in the State of Rona. I know I'm butchering it, but it's something of like, in that nature. And my sister highly recommended it. I haven't had a chance to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It's on Hulu. So. Oh, nice. 
so yeah, like Hamilton, um, like I, I won't, I won't, um, I won't, I won't uh, retread, you know, like like many of the points that have already been brought up in other reviews. But I gotta say, like, if you're a fan of of musicals, watch it. If you're a fan of uh, an appreciator of you know of history, particularly American history and the founding, watch it. If you're a fan of hip hop, watch it. Um, man, like I said, it lives up to the hype. And I will say, like Hamilton is actually the first musical that I watched where i'm actually listening to the soundtrack separately and the soundtrack actually stands on its own because i because like because all the because like usually with musicals like i like watching i like listening to the music like while i'm watching while i'm actually watching the actual you know stage production or the actual film because you know the obviously the music works with the film or or the show but in the case of hamilton man the soundtrack stands up on its own and it's like man i can see why people love this musical so much it is it is phenomenal and i gotta say like it's not just a great stage musical but it's a legitimate work of art like this is one of the great like this is this is one of the great works of modern art right now and and when you when you hear the phrase like i don't i don't like using the phrase like instant classic often and i don't but i gotta say hamilton is definitely an instant classic it lives up to the hype um, I gotta say, like, if you have Disney Plus, please go out of your way to watch it. Like, it's it's phenomenal. It is a phenomenal work of art, and I I am absolutely impressed. So yeah. Now I know you've been a long time fan of Pixar films. Oh, uh, Pixar. Uh, did, did you did you say Pixar? Yeah, yeah. you're a Pixar fan. Yeah. Yes. Did you watch Soul? I did watch Soul. Uh, I watched Soul. And? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's it's. I, I really I really appreciated like how you know how it explored like inspiration and you know the art of creativity, you know, and, and just being in that flow state when you're like really in the zone of something. Um, I, I really liked I really liked how conceptual it was and how it explored all those uh, themes like you know ego and like insp- and what like, what drives you what's passion. Um, I, I will say though like I, I've read reviews that <clears throat> that have actually criticized the film <clears throat> for uh, for kind of like using um, Tina Fey you know basically being like a, a white woman's voice in like a, a black man's body and and and. And it's, I like, like, I understood, like, I understood, like, where those criticisms were coming from, because, like, like, in the whole barbershop scene, for example, which was a really good scene, but it's like, okay, you have, you have Tina Fey, whose character, you know, who, who's basically, like, this, this bodiless uh, soul who's been drifting, you know, in the ether, you know, because she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to, you know, go to Earth. But, you know, and, and Tina Fey's character says that, oh, she chose that white woman's voice, a middle, the, vo- the voice of a, mi- of a middle-aged white woman, because she knows how much it annoys people, you know, um, you know, that, that, you know, Karen, Karen speaks, basically. So, like, I understand, like, the criticisms of, like, like the black barber, like, the, the barbershop scene where you have this white woman dropping all this knowledge through this black man's body, and everybody's, like, giving her props, but it's like, but it's like, it's like, but it's a white, but it's a white woman, you know, with these thoughts. It's not Jamie Foxx's character. And then like the scene right after, where she's like, where you know, just like, just like how white people do typically do, like they they try to steal people, they try to steal, you know, black or appropriate black people shit. She's like, oh, you know what? I changed my mind. 
I don't want to go back to the ether. I don't want to go back, you know, to the to the before life. I want to keep your body. And then she runs off with his body. And that part kind of made me a little salty because it's like because it was like it was like that's how that's how they do. That's how they do. That's how they Karens do. That's how they do. And that's how they get you. Yeah, that's that's how they get you, man. And like and like, you know, there's a look yeah yeah and plus like too like and plus like there was there was like one other there was one other scene too which involved uh, another character this other this younger black man um who was basically you know like talking it's like basically talking smack to um jimmy fox's character it's like oh well you never made it i mean you talk about jazz and all this but you never made it you know you're just a teacher and um apparently like there's a scene where one of the um I guess, like, he's, like, a tallier of, like, souls, and, like, he goes down to Earth, and then, like, he, 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 like, he, like, sucks that, that young black man down into, like, the, 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 like, the sunken place, but then he realizes that, oh, it's the wrong black man, oh, yeah, it's the wrong black man, ha, 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 yeah, just, just, like, how, because we all look alike, right, so that, that part, that part was like, okay, you traumatize this young black man by by sucking him into the sunken place, and then you like, and then you like dismiss his, his his outright trauma. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on, and then like, oh yeah, you you, you, you pat him on the head, and say yeah yeah yeah, sorry about that, whatever. Like 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 as as if his life doesn't really matter, as if his trauma doesn't matter. So that part kind of made me a little salty too. So you know, I so I will say that I do understand where those criticisms are coming from in regards to like using using the using a white a middle-aged white woman to speak through the the body of of a, of a black man but but at the same time I did enjoy the film because I I did enjoy its larger message I thought it was successful in in presenting its larger message of you know you know finding your purpose and you know sometimes you know just you know just enjoy the little things you know smell the roses it's not life is not all about ambition and and hey you know just because you didn't quote unquote make it you know you, you got to create your own definition of success what is making it you know it's got to be up to you you know so 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 i like it it's got it's got it's got plenty yeah, of have it. You had, did the uh, nostalgia bug hit check out any of like some of the old like tv shows or old uh, movies that do like grew up watching. Um, I haven't done that yet. Um, but um, I, I'll probably, I'll probably, I'll probably like scroll through and see what's available. Um, but I did have a chance to watch uh, two, sh- uh, two shows, uh, which for me is the well worth the price of admission. Now, now I did say before that you know Rise of Skywalker killed my interest in Star Wars for a year because fuck that movie, fuck the choices that J.J. Abrams okay. made in that movie. And All right. And right, yeah, yeah, and I was like, man, this, this, I don't know if I can come back to Star Wars after this because it really damaged the lore in major ways. So I decided, okay, let me sit down and watch The Mandalorian. I want to see if this, if this show is not just a bunch of asset flips. Like, hey, you like Boba Fett? Hey, here's not Boba Fett. Hey, you like Yoda? Hey, here's not Yoda, aka merchandising opportunity. Hey, you like planets such as Hoth and Tatooine? Well, here's not Hoth and here's not Tatooine. And hey, for some reason, we got Bill Burr and Sasha Banks. Mm. But, but so, so I was, I was skeptical. But when I when I when, when I when I got into the Mandalorian, so I I watched the first episode and I'm like, I was like, impress me. So as I was watching it, as I was watching the first episode, from 
you know, uh, from the introduction of The Mandalorian, played played wonderfully by Pedro Pascal. Um, I was like, at, what, <laughs> wait, wait, what was that? You kind of broke up there. Yeah, I was like, I was getting ready to ask you that. And I'm like, is he good? That, that boy, Pedro Pascal, that boy good. Yeah, that boy good. That boy good, man. That boy good. But, but yeah, like I was, I, I watched the first episode, and I'm like, hmm, go on, episode two, and then, and then after 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 that, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm like I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I got some time. Let's go on. Episode three. Next thing you know, I, f- I finished both seasons in three days. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, I just, I. Wait, wait. Last episode. Yes. He's back. He's well, back. Listen. Listen. Star Wars dick is back. Listen. I knew he wasn't dead. When I saw, listen, can I can I preach here tonight? Spoil spoil warning for people. Listen, when I saw what transpired in the in the second in the in the in the in the season finale of season two of the Mandalorian, okay, what I saw. Man, I was like, I was like, Star Wars is officially back, baby. I said, amen. I said, the force is strong with this one. I said, the force is back, people. You know, I said, I said, the rise, the rise of Star Wars is back. The force is strong with this one, my brothers and sisters. And what I saw in the final in the final moment, man, which involved the Mandalorian and uh, Grogu, aka Baby Yoda. Oh, man. Man. You did it, Carl. I shed a tear. I <laughs> shed a tear in the final episode of season two of the Mandalorian. I shed a tear. I was like, I was like, man, I, I, you know what? You know, I, after a year of shunning Star Wars, after a year of saying, you know what? I've been a Star Wars fan since I was 10 years old, but you know what? Now it was a good run, but it's time to move on. Mandalorian brought me back. Mandalorian said, Mandalorian said, Victor Omoyo, good sir. We the force is not done with you yet. Okay, it, 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 I'm home. Just when I thought it was out, Star Wars pulled me back in. I'm gonna do a quick word association. Mandalorian word association. Can we do that real quick? All right, let's go. Let's go. Word association. Let's do it. Dark troopers. Terrifying. <laughs> Gian caught with Goth Midian. Ooh. Evil douchebag Gus Fring in space. 
Oh, Giancarlo Esposito? That boy, good. He came a long way since bugging out and do the right thing. For real? <laughs> Did you watch the end credits of the last season? Yes. Did you let the credits roll? Yes. Yeah. Man, oh my gosh. Listen, listen, Tim, listen, Tamuera Morrison is back people Tamuera morrison you know a famous new zealand actor you saw he first came into prominence in 1994 with uh once were warriors uh, a brutal film but you know also a very good one he also played Django fett in attack of the clones and to see him play boba fett man a character let me tell you something for years for years, Boba Fett was the one Star Wars character who was like an ornament. He was like he was just nothing more than than an ornament because like for decades, Boba Fett was just oh he's just a cool looking bounty hunter, and then he got sucked he get, he got thrown into a Sarlacc pit at, the, at Return of the Jedi. That's how he died. So we didn't really see Boba Fett in, in any type of action. Maybe in like ex non-canon expanded universe stuff, yeah, but nothing in anything nothing that was canonical. So to see. Boba Fett in The Mandalorian tearing shit up and when he oh my gosh oh my gosh without the armor alone was just bad ass and when you saw him put the armor back on nice and refurbished and when you saw the end credits the end cre the post credits of Boba Fett listen listen I was like I was oh man uh, okay Another one. Hmm. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Billy Redface. Bill Burr. Yo, man. Yo, Bill Burr. Shout outs to him. Like, his character Mayfeld was fucking awesome. I, I just, I loved how he brought his Bill Burr energy to the show. And, and the interesting thing, too, was that, like, I was like two things. One, at first glance, like Bill Burr's energy is like completely opposite the, than what you'd expect in Star Wars. You think that like those two pieces just can't go together. It's like a massive styles clash, but it is not. It is not. He blends in so well. And also, and and the second point was that like his friend John Favreau cast him precisely because Bill Burr wasn't a Star Wars fan. And for years, Bill Burr would 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 mock Star Wars on his podcast, like saying, "Oh, look at all these nerds and all this." Um, but when, but when, um, but when John Favreau brought him, cast him in the role as Mayfeld, man, Bill Burr brought it. He really brought it, especially in the episode where they were, they were, uh, sneaking into that Imperial base. Yeah. Oh man. And you got to see why he was a sharpshooter. Woo. Yes. Can, can, I, can I, can I just ask you this? Yes. Can I say this one thing? Yeah. I told you so. You know what? You you did tell me so. You did tell me so, uh, Carl. I, yeah, you 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 told me, you told me, and um, I watched it, and I was like, yeah, yes, I with a fucking wall, like F is for family. Uh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> but um. Rosario Dawson. Son, son, 
son. Listen, Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano. Let me tell you something right now. When I saw Rosario Dawson as as Ahsoka Tano, Ahsoka Tano with wielding her dual white lightsabers. <sighs> The way I felt watching watching her episode is the way I felt when I first fell in love. Okay? The way when I watched this episode seeing a, a live action of Ahsoka Tano played lovingly and awesomely by Rosario Dawson. I felt I felt like my heart grew 10 sizes too big. That sounds a little unhealthy, but you know, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm speaking figuratively. Like, the way I felt was like, I, I felt like that 10-year-old boy in 1994 who discovered Star Wars for the first time. Listen, that is a matter of debate. <laughs> That is a matter of debate, son. Listen, I think I put I th I'm pretty sure I put him on the Star Wars. Or, or, or look, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's th those memories are lost in time. We, we we don't know. But the bottom line was it brought me back to 1994 when I was 10 years old. I was watching the Star Wars trilogy for the first time on the USA Network. It was a marathon and I fell in love. And it it began a lifelong affair. Man, I got to tell you, man, I was I was just cheesing like ear to ear when I saw that episode. I was like, man, oh, Star Wars, you're doing things to me, man. You're doing things to this old boy. That little boy died. Mm hmm. After those three days. Easter. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and and i'm seeing a, a comment here nick quattrini's joining us he's <laughs> he says give vic room he's getting his beard wet on this one <laughs> that, was good. that was good you know what we, we, like like please like that comment carl like it give it a heart emoji oh, okay, the heart. yeah he got the heart in that one that was good i mean I mean, I, I gotta say, man, uh, just just seeing ah Ahsoka Tano was, was was great. Was great. Also, I really enjoyed seeing uh, um, uh, Katie Sackoff and Sasha Banks as fellow Mandalorians. Not bad. Not bad at all. And not not bad for inviting two toxic fans fandoms into one. True. True. You know, like. Like it, it was boss time on the Mandalorian, and just just seeing Sasha Banks legitimately hit a tornado DDT on Boba Fett was something that I didn't know I I wanted or needed, but I was glad I saw I was glad I saw it. I was glad I have it. I have it because, man, I gotta tell you like, I gotta tell you like 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 legit like the Mandalorian is like it's like this is this is this is this is Star Wars. This is like the best. Star Wars material we have, you know, since Disney bought the franchise from Lucasfilm, from George Lucas. Um, as much as I love The Last Jedi, and The Last Jedi for me was where the sequel trilogy, was the sequel films ended, Rise of Skywalker doesn't exist. Um, the Mandalorian is by far 
bar none, the best Star Wars show, the best Star Wars material that we have right now. And and in fact, I was so I was so excited after watching The Mandalorian that I actually decided to go back and for the first time watch the Clone Wars uh, series. So I'm actually making my way through the Clone Wars series. Don't you just love that that convenience? I, I love it. Listen, I love it. I I, I gotta say, like, dis, despite my misgivings about Disney Plus, Disney's business practices with being a monopoly and all, I do love the fact that all that wonderful Star Wars richness is there at at at, at, at my fingertips. I love the fact that I'm watching Clone Wars. And by the way, the Clone Wars show, it's pretty good. I gotta say this though. Like like the, the the prequel trilogy and I've and I've said this before, the prequel trilogy suffers from good ideas, bad execution. The Clone Wars actually takes the material from the prequels, in this case episode two, that's where the Clone Wars began, and it actually builds build, upon that foundation, it builds something way better, something way better than we see seen in the films. Like for example. The best thing that I can say about the Clone Wars that I've seen so far, I'm about 20 episodes in, is Damn. yeah, there's 133, um, but but I'm making my way through. Um, the best thing I can say is that like is the characterization of Anakin Skywalker way better, a huge marked improvement over Hayden Christensen's uh, uh, characterization in in the films, and 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 and, and to be fair to Hayden Christensen. Like he's a good actor, but under under George Lucas's direction, he couldn't make it work. He tried his best, but he couldn't make it work. He could not make those lines work. So in in the films, Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker, Skywalker comes off as as as, a, as kind of a creepy douchebag tool, but in the show, he's likable. He's got charisma. You know, he's he's relatable. I like his I like his um I like the fact that he's a mentor to a young Ahsoka Tano, Rosario Dawson's character in The Mandalorian, who's basically, this is like her first appearance in Star Wars, where she's a Jedi, she's a Padawan. So she's training, you know, under under Anakin Skywalker's uh, uh, a mentorship. And her character is cool, too. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how Ahsoka Tano develops in the Clone Wars, and as well as, like, perhaps Star Wars Rebels. I think she makes an appearance there, too. So I'm looking forward to, to tracing that through line from between her beginnings all the way to The Mandalorian and to her own show when that comes out on Disney+, Plus, which I will watch. I will I will count down. I will bring back the Star Wars countdown for that. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, yeah. You, sir, are a Patty Jenkins fan. Yes, I am. Are you counting down the days of Rogue Squadron? You know what I, 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 I gotta say, yeah, I will, I will, he's home. I, I will. Ladies and gentlemen, he's home. Yeah, I yes, vi, yes, vi, Star Wars, Star Wars fan extraordinaire Victor Moyo is back after a year, after a year of uh, of of silence, after a year of um of you know of of shunning Star Wars, you know thanks to the rise of Skywalker, but Mandalorian brought me back. Um, I gotta say, like, like, you, you know, I, I, I will say with, with, with the Star Wars, with this wonderful, uh, Star Wars content we have between the upcoming season of the Mandalorian, whenever that drop, whenever that drops, uh, the Clone Wars, 
Um, also, Star Wars Je- Jedi Fallen Order, which I'm playing right now on the PS4. Um, I noticed that, too, and I was like, wait, huh? That's not a storm in February. I know, I know. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get, get to, my, to my last two games, but, like, I gotta say, Jedi Fallen Order, that is an excellent Star Wars game. That is an excellent game. Like normally, I don't. Normally, I shy away from EA published games, but Respawn developed the game, so they actually Respawn was one of the ones that actually created the game. Like this is a this is a excellent Star Wars game. Like it's it's part of the canon, so like the 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 story is 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 unfolding really well. And man, I gotta say, you know you know a few you know like I said a, a few weeks ago, you know I was talking about how you know how much I you know, post-pandemic, I want to, you know, get my beard wet and all this. I, I, I will, I will say with this, with this juicy, juicy, succulent Star Wars content on the horizon, you know what? I don't have to worry about getting my beard wet anymore. Even, even if and when COVID-19 is, is fully eradicated with all these new strains too, guess what? You know what? I'm fine. I got my Star Wars back. I got the Mandalorian. I got the Clone Wars. Guess what? I am good. Victor Omoyo is good. He's good. His beard is good. I'm fine. Carl, I'm fine. You want you want to you want to send uh, you want to send John Favreau and Dave Filoni a get well card? <laughs> uh, I mean, I I don't know. I want to go that far. I mean, that's a little. Uh... I mean. He... Listen, he went to study. He's going through some bad problems right now for carrying the goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, shout outs to yeah, shout outs to John Favreau and Dave Filoni, man. They are man. You can tell like they've they've been passionate, knowledgeable fans too. So, like they've put in so much work. Said the word. You said the word. And what was the word? Passion. Yes. Yes. Mandalorian. Is a and you can tell that is presented. It is a passion project. Mm, absolutely. Something that you didn't and you were watching it, thinking like, all right, it's in the Star Wars universe. It's something completely different, and it can it can it turn right in full circle mm-hmm. when you're sitting there watching them dark troopers, them scary ass dark troopers. For reals. Who would? Giving men the business. They really were. <laughs> Yo. And you came back and Luke Skywalker came through mm-hmm. handling oh. business. Oh my gosh. Mm. Wow. Yo. Like, my heart was a flutter when I saw Luke Skywalker, and it was Mark Hamill. You know, D.H. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Yeah. I mean, put laying the smacketh down on the candy asses of those dark troopers. Man, uh, I, I, man, I, I, I felt, I, I just felt so elated. Like, it was, it was everything I wanted. It was everything, it was, it, I didn't expect it, but it was everything that I needed as a recovering as a as a Star Wars fan coming back to the fold I mean my my beard felt really soggy afterwards Jesus Christ <laughs> but uh oh man I was watching too 
they did a whole episode. They did a whole yo, shout out to my boys at Pop Stew. Yeah. They did a whole episode on it. Mm, I will definitely I will check that I will check that out. I will check that out. Yeah, man. I mean, Star Wars is back. Like, and you know, Star Wars is back. Victor Omoyo, Star Wars Extraordinaire is back. Um, yeah, man. All I gotta say is Disney. You know, just just keep up the great work, man. I mean, let's let's uh, let's 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 not do Rise of Skywalker ever again. And um, and I, and I will say too, one one good thing about the Mandalorian, the cinematography. God, it's such a gorgeous show. The framing, the staging of the action scenes, the wide-angle shots, it's breathtaking. This... Did you see who, some of those episodes? Yeah. Yeah, Carl Weathers, Ever um, Rachel Wood did one, I believe. Mm-hmm. No, um... Oh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. One of the three named girls. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I also love, too, like the end credits where it shows the concept art for each of the episodes... That's a dope touch. I really like that. Yeah, and and also like and Lud, Ludwig Göransson, God, he's such a great composer. I love the Mandalorian theme. Man, that is that is that is one of the best pieces, best score pieces in 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 in, in the Star Wars uh, franchise. You know, next stands up. He watched it. He's yeah. home. I'm sorry. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm home, man. I'm, I'm home. Yeah, I, I, it was the, 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 the prodigal son returns, you know, to, to Star Wars. Like, I mean, I mean, I remember, I mean, I remember, I haven't felt this excited since 2015, since, since December 2015, when I had my, my, my first Facebook profile and I was posting pictures of myself holding the ticket that I pre-ordered. Yeah. For the Force Awakens, yeah, <laughs> yup. And then like, and I had the whole countdown for a whole year, and Man. then and then like I, I I took a picture of myself in in praise mode, like like dog it like dog it from Orange's New Black in that meme. You did. You did. Man. Ugh. Man. Man. I mean, I. I... I... Yeah. This has done my spirit some good. This... <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 glad, man. I'm glad. Like I'm 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 just glad glad to, glad to be back. Um, I mean, the Star Wars countdowns will come back eventually once we hear, hear some announcements. Um, yes, now I know we're going. You know, kind of press the time. Yeah. Ron Division. Love it. Hey. I gotta say. I gotta say, man. Listen, I mean. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, 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 gotta, I gotta do something real quick. I gotta do something real quick. <clears throat> Shame on me for yes. for sleeping on, for being a contrarian. I mean, I will say this, though. This is this is where I will agree with you, Carl. You, you are a natural. You're a natural contrarian. Go ahead. I mean, I will say this is where you can call me out for being the stick-up-the-ass uh, Victor, where I was like, oh, with WandaVision, it's gonna be the same. Uh, it's gonna Got be the... It. Oscar T. Rex. It's, 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 oh, WandaVision. Oh, it's going to be the same type of Marvel content that we've seen 23 times. It's going to culminate into a light show and blah, 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 blah. No. Listen, I was completely wrong. I was falling asleep at the wheel. 
But when I watched, I know. when I got into WandaVision, listen, listen, that first episode, I fell in love. And really? I, f- I fell in love in the first episode. I, I love the aesthetic. I, I love, I, I absolutely love how the show is so good at nailing those little little sitcom intricacies from every decade, from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. When it got to the 90s, my heart soared. I was like, all those little, all those little bits and bobs that you see in, in typical '90s sitcoms. I was like, yep, that, ha- yep, yep, that's that's okay. typical. That's typical. Yeah. When Jimmy Woo introduced himself. Mhm. Jimmy. Did you see what he did? Oh, when he in the first episode. No, the it's not in the first episode when um when uh, Monica Rambeau goes to Westview. Spoiler alert. When um. When she arrives at Westview, yeah, he goes, Monica Rambeau, I'm Jimmy Woo. And what did he do? Oh, I didn't, I don't remember. Oh, you missed it. Well, was he did it the card thing? A card thing? Remember, date back, and this is what I love about, this is why I love about Marvel so much. The, the Easter egg hunt is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Remember, Scott was on it. He was on house arrest. He said, look at this, what I'm doing. Magic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jimmy Woo goes, how did you do it? Do what? The card tripping. Oh! When he goes to the, introduce himself to Monica Rambeau, he goes, Monica Rambeau. Jimmy Woo, FBI. Oh, okay. I, see, I didn't, I, I didn't even remember that. Okay. Easter egg hunt, Easter egg hunt. It's so much fun. I'm still mm. discovering shit at Endgame. Mm, wow. Yeah, there was like, a... Okay, here's one. Yeah. Here's what I discovered at during Endgame. So, go back to Infinity War when God Store, I mean, that's not, when I'm Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, uh, Doctor Strange, and Paul, and Ron, when they finally meet up at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they find they talk about like the Ben and Jerry's uh, flavor named after the Avengers. Yeah. And then and, and Banner goes, he's like, oh, we like the Hulk of Hulk of Budge type. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then Banner goes, wait, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to Endgame when they're planning the heist. Yeah. Everybody's sitting around eating, and what is Hulk eating? Oh, that Hulka Hulka uh, flavor. Hulka it's the, wow. Like little things like that, I never. And then there's one which was not meant to be correct, but in hindsight, it kind of made me mad. Mm-hmm. At Tony Stark's funeral, and you know how they just show everybody with their families as he's speaking? Yeah. They show T'Challa with Ramonda and Shuri, and at that moment, Tony Stark says, I hope you are watching this celebration. Okay. That shit hit. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The Easter egg hunt is so much fun. You know, the cameo in Mark Vision. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't expect to see uh, Kat Dennings, but it, it was cool seeing her back. Oh, not her. Not her. Silver came back. 
Oh my god, when I saw oh, I was I was about to text you when I as soon as I saw that <laughs> when when Evan Peters Quicksilver from the X-Men movies showed up at the at her doorstep. I'm like, "What? Evan Peters? What?" <laughs> Yo, I was my jaw dropped to the floor. I did not expect that at all. And 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 it's making me think, okay, Okay, what if, okay, we have the Doctor Strange movie coming out, Multiverse of Madness, so that's where the multiverse is going to come in. So maybe that's mm-hmm. how they're going to introduce slowly the X-Men into the fold. Maybe maybe, maybe he's already doing it? I don't know. There's so many so many theories alone, but I'm, I'm just going to wait to see how it unfolds. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. TNA's on. Excuse me, Impact's on. <laughs> Moose. Right. But here's the thing, though. There all there's also a theory that they're gonna introduce the X Men through the Eternals movie. Ah, yes. Because the Eternals have introduced the X gene. Hmm. Okay. The mutant, yeah, the mutant gene. Oh, I so didn't know that. Hmm. Okay. So the Eternals they're the responsible for the for the X gene. They're responsible for all mutant kind. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Hmm. There, there's so much things that they can do. Like it's still. Like phase four is still an open book. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm very curious to see how they're gonna slowly integrate, you know, the X Men, and I, and of course I'm sure that they're gonna have to recast some of the some of the characters. Um, yeah. I I really hope that they whoever they bring bring out as Wolverine, they they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll do a fine job. But man, like I I am I am I am so I am so impressed by what I'm, by what we're seeing in Wandavision. Um, I really like the fact that with WandaVision so far, like for at least for me, my interpretation is that like the biggest villain in the show is Wanda's grief because she, I mean, because you know she she witnessed Thanos kill Vision, the love of her life, and so she stole, she essentially, you know, resurrected her own vision of Vision, and that's another play on play on the title, Wanda Vision. We're seeing Wanda's vision of the world that she imagines for herself, but it's coming at the expense of all these poor people that she's keeping under her thrall. And and you see this whole zone that that's just that she can change at her whim. And it's just like, man, if 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 you don't, if you don't understand as Marvel fans that Wanda Wanda Maximoff is the scariest motherfucker in the entire MCU, not Thanos. Wanda, then you're not paying attention. House of M Brian Michael Bendis. You know, I want to read that. I've, oh man, like. I'll let you borrow. I think I think the I I know I can get the I can get the, I can get my own copy. Like it's pretty cheap online from what I saw. And I, I know like libraries have it, but well, I mean not ready to go to the library yet, but but I but. No. but yeah. Get it. Read it. This shows and this is something I talked about third eye view. Mm-hmm. You. This actually shows you how Wanda could be. What we, excuse me, what we saw so far, mm-hmm. a little taste, no, no taste, yeah, little taste. Even what we, even what we saw in Endgame. Remember, Thanos was cool, calm, and collected through a whole entire story. He witnessed his own death with a straight face and destiny fulfilled. Yeah, Wanda made Thanos 
panic. She did. He, she had him, and he was like, rain fire. But Sire, you kill us off. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Thanos was sleeping on her first. She was like, she was like, you took everything from me. And he was like, I don't even know who you are. Well, you're you gonna find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Welcome home, Vic. Welcome home. <laughs> now go on YouTube and watch the Disney Invest, uh, Investor Day. Uh, Disney Investor Day? Is that was that recent? Yeah. That was in December. That was when they were doing all the. Uh, that was when they were previewing all the shows and stuff that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus and all the movies and stuff. So on the Star Wars, Marvel did a show, showcase. Yeah. Uh, Pixar did one. National Geographic did one, which I actually found like. It's worth watching for sure. Um, if you do watch the original trilogy, uh, make sure you you get your hands on the uh, despecialized editions. Um, you gave them to me a long time ago. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. It was it was like a download or something like on a thumb drive, I think. Oh yeah, I did. Like yeah, yeah. So yeah, watch those. Don't don't watch the special editions on Disney Plus because those aren't real. Yes, yes. Glad, glad, glad to be home. Glad to be home. Star Wars, Star Wars is back. Star Wars uh, will keep me, uh, will, uh, will, will keep me uh, nice and satisfied. Uh, it's gonna be a nice evening. Uh, you know, even jar of mustard. <laughs> with a jar of mustard, dirty Mike and the boys. No, <laughs> uh, no, no. And, and it's appointment television, so you look forward to your Friday. Absolutely, yo Fridays, yo fr- yo Fridays, like because that's when WandaVision comes on, right? Like Fridays, yeah. I stay off, I stay off of Twitter, I stay off of like, yeah, I usually just stay off of Twitter. I'm still on Instagram, but I stay off of Twitter to make sure I don't get any spoilers. 
when I, I, as soon as I get home from work, boop, WandaVision. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. And and I, and I will say, too, John, friend of the show, DC fan, supervillain, he's also a big fan of WandaVision. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we're about to get on out of here. Uh, so, so yeah, Carl. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, I, I'm so. Are you a fan of the alien? Are you a fan of the alien movies? Oh yeah, love them. March. Oh, there's a new alien. Oh, there's, uh, there's gonna be a new alien TV show, and probably still in the comments. Hmm. Okay. And if I, I took a picture of it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you can. Let's take a look. That's art. Oh, I I love it. Yeah. Coming out in March. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Alien, like. Like before, like uh, when Dark Horse had the franchise for like oof, like a long time, like over twenty some years, like Dark Horse had a lot of good Alien comics too. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, Carl, uh, tell the good people where where uh, they can find our show. Oh, where iTunes use uh leave a five star review. Download to Google Play, well Google Podcasts, uh iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you can, whatever podcasting uh, platform you prefer, you can also thank you for watching us on Live. Find us on Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, some special content on YouTube. You can catch Blurred Eye um, Zoom Unity, of, um, a recurring spot on Fridays. Yep. Um, also, there's going to be some big corners coming out. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's gonna be a lot of content. Oh yeah, well, yeah, lots of lots of good episodes uh, to to sink your your ears into. Um, also, um, also, I just created a uh, black sitcoms tournament bracket. Uh, so uh, we're planning to k- kick that off uh, next week, possibly. All three guests have. Ooh, ooh. Can, can can you can you let us know who those, these guests are? Okay, well, we got the, the lovely Rich Afton Ward coming through. Nice. We got another return, Patricia Figueroa. Awesome. And another return, the comedian himself, the voice of the city, Mr. Bad Lab. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Aw- awesome choices, man. Yo, it's, 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 it's going to be it's gonna be lit, you know? You know, we got the we have a next so tune in next week's episode. We're gonna have the Black Sitcoms Tournament, 32 shows, and we're gonna pick out we're gonna just we're gonna we're gonna determine which Black Sitcom is the best in this tournament. And of course, we gotta have Pop Stew on there. I see Pop Aaron Ferguson in the chat. Pop Stew gotta be on it in this. Yes, we will have Pop Stew on there. And and Aaron, since you're listening, please invite Nicole. Uh, to the proceedings as well, because we would love to have her input too. And um, and for and for our upcoming guests next week, I will also uh, po- be posting uh, the tournament bracket uh, on our Facebook page soon, so you can get get a nice juicy look at what's to come. 
Um, what I mean, so just to give you a preview, we have uh, 32 shows, 28 live action sitcoms, and four animated sitcoms. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. So yeah, man. Um, so yeah, check check it check that out next week. Um, Ciao. Yep, we got Show DiBiase in the chat just when we're about to wrap up. Uh, but. Uh. Yeah, but uh, but but show uh, do tune in next week. You will like next week's episode. It's going to be the uh, Black Sitcoms Tournament uh, episode. We got, we got a lot, of, a lot of good stuff coming. Yeah. I will say I will. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm just giving out that we got a lot of stuff coming. Hmm. Some I haven't told you yet, but. Yeah. I will. Oh yeah, it's it's a good ass podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that right now. Oh, absolutely, man. Yo, yo, we 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 we're like Dylon. We just got we just got hot fire all over all over the proceedings, man. So so be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, so yeah, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Victor Omoyo, Star Wars Extraordinaire is back, baby. And um and uh, yeah, as always, uh, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds, and may the force be with you. Later.